Hey, it's Lynn McKinley, and welcome to another episode of Willow Creek Speaks. I'm here this afternoon with Devin Geist. That's right, Devin, the son of Dave. That was our last podcast a couple of weeks ago. And both the Geist and McKinley household had a little bout with COVID last week. So we are very glad to be together and have that behind us. Devin, thank you for coming over this afternoon. Of course, happy to be here. Really appreciate it. I must tell you, I just pulled in the driveway about 20 minutes ago and my neighbor, John Jessup, came out and we were just chatting and he said that you were coming to the seminary class <laughs> in two weeks and he said, I can't think of a finer young man to come. And I said, well, Devin's coming to my house in 20 minutes. <laughs> and so we really appreciate your example and um, not only your willingness to share you know, the good things that have happened to you in your adolescence and during your recent mission, but some of the things that you struggled with and overcame because those are the things where we really learn, mm -hmm. um, exercise our faith and our trust in God, and those are the things that can <clears throat> really help us grow. So thank you so much for being here. I want to start out a little bit talking about um, mission preparation. You've been home for, what, three, four months? I've been home for about seven or eight weeks. So Seven weeks. or eight <laughs> weeks. Okay, well, that's two, two months. Two okay, months, yeah. two months. So you are fresh out of the field. Yep. So you've been home a couple of months. What were some of the preparations that you made to serve a full-time mission that you think were most helpful? I decided to go. That was the first part. Oh. Um, I think that's a big piece of it because when I was 14, I decided that I was going to serve a mission. So that was kind of a big part of it. I didn't know why at the time, but... Um, during those four years from 14 to 18 when I actually went, I had the opportunity to kind of learn about who my Savior Jesus Christ was. And I think that that was part of the, <laughs> already, that was probably the biggest preparation that I could have. Wow. So at 14 you made that decision. Was there anything that happened? You know, one night you had a dream or you just made a choice? Um, or a seminary class or a... Yeah, I was I was on vacation at my grandparents' house over in uh, in Sandy, Utah, and um, been talking to my grandpa. And it's okay. I realized that. I mean, like I didn't know. You know, you always say like Jesus Christ is my savior. I know that to be true, but do you really feel it? Is that something you really believe? And I reflected on that. And I realized that I wasn't sure. So I took the rest of that vacation every night. I decided that I would read um, in the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, about Jesus Christ and about his atonement, suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane, his death and his resurrection. Every night for a week I did that. And after I read, I prayed. I asked if these things were true. I asked if Jesus Christ was my Savior. And on the last night of doing that, I just remember an overwhelming peace come over me. A feeling I can't describe. <laughs> but it filled me with a knowledge that Jesus Christ really was my Savior. That He really did love me. That He was always there for me. That He really did suffer, bleed, and die for me. But also was resurrected for me. Wow, that's powerful. So at that moment, you decided that with that knowledge, you needed to serve a mission, or that you wanted to. 
that was that was when I figured out why I was against her. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's terrific. What are some of the other things you did over those four years that helped you get ready? Um, I began to study the scriptures diligently. Reading the Book of Mormon mm-hmm. was, a, was a big part of that. I was able to, I mean, like, I read every single day, but I didn't really understand what was going on. I just kind of read to feel the spirit. Part of it was the check a box, you know, so yeah, the scriptures. Sure. But that was, that was probably a big part of it, because right as soon as I got onto the mission field, I started to understand even better the things that I was reading, because I had that spirit with me, and so everything that I had learned kind of made sense, if that makes sense. It does. Now, I asked your dad if he had a favorite character in the Book of Mormon, because he does have a special love. I believe he shared that he, <clears throat> Abinadi. Abinadi. Yeah. Do you have a favorite character? Ooh. Or a favorite event in the Book of Mormon? That's like trying to ask me what my favorite movie is. Yeah. Well, I might um, get to that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've got like five or six. Five or six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, can you just pick one? I'm trying to think of who I might pick. Maybe Alma the Younger. He kept sharing, mm-hmm. you know his powerful conversion and trying to make reparations for his mistakes and being very honest, yeah. you know, about that transformation that he had. But that's just one. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite people is, is Enos, which is interesting because he only, he only has chapter. A couple of pages. Couple yeah. pages. And I don't know, every time I just, you know, sometimes you flip open the Book of Mormon and see what you open up to. Yeah. Pretty much every single time it goes to Enos. Wow. Like all of the pages in the Book of Mormon goes to those few. And I'm able to read constantly his um, repentance, his praying, him being able to overcome the natural man that he was inflicted with and be able to really come to know who his Savior Jesus Christ was. And I feel like that just kind of relates to me. <laughs> didn't make that connection until just now but that is cool because you know as soon as Enos kind of figured it out for himself the only thing he wanted was to help his brothers and sisters and then he took that knowledge and he went and did something with it yeah just sit there yeah exactly look at me no that's that's wonderful um you were recently in the young men's program yeah. Um, were you a scout, or did they abolish the scouting program? I don't know if abolish is the right <laughs> word. Oh, excuse me <laughs> for whoever I might be offending, but I know we kind of developed our own yeah. program. Um, so I was a part of scouting. Scouting was there pretty much the entire time I was a youth. It kind of went away at the beginning of my mission, more or less, I think, if I okay. don't timeline very well. But um, I don't know, I, I was working on scouting and everything but I never got my eagle I don't know why I just kind of decided that I wasn't worth my time excellent and then your parents didn't pressure you or guilt you or anything like that nope wonderful okay when you look back at your time in in young men the young men's program the seminary program you know Sunday school and things like that Mm -hmm. how did those programs help you I loved seminary. That's like the biggest one for me. Um, I remember waking up every single day, almost always being late to seminary. And 
kind of realizing that that wasn't going to do me any good. Why would I go if I'm going to go late and not learn anything? So I started to make the effort to go earlier, more on time. And as I did so, I was, I don't know, you feel better. You got that yeah. spirit there, you learn a lot. Yeah. And if I hadn't done that, <laughs> there's a lot of things I wouldn't have been able to, to understand on my mission. So who were your seminary teachers? So I had a number of seminary teachers. Yeah. Uh, to start off, I had the Hurons okay. as my freshman and sophomore year teachers. And then I had uh, Brother Whipperman and Brother Chase Walker. Um, he's from the, he was from the Greenwood Village where okay. he moved recently. Um, they were my seminary teachers. Oh, excellent. And, you know, sometimes, I reflect on my seminary years, so maybe I had a different experience, but it was the act of going to seminary mm-hmm. that brought me kind of joy. It's not like I retained everything I heard or yeah. things like that, but did you have a, a different experience, or was there a particular year, like, everything just kind of came together for you, maybe in the Doctrine and Covenants, or maybe in uh, New Testament, Old Testament? Um, so I was lucky enough to get to study the Book of Mormon twice. I never had to study the Old Testament because my senior year is when they made that switch over to... Oh, to come follow me. Yeah. Come follow me. So I think it was like this, like studying the Doctrine and Covenants and then going into the Book of Mormon being able to see like how those two correlate and... enjoying it, it just know. really being able to understand it participate yeah be able to answer questions and really show that god does teach you through the spirit it's not yeah just kind of a figured out on your own kind of thing so i remember reading the doctrine and covenants once and i thought oh my gosh what a mess <laughs> how crazy was this to get this whole restoration business launched and yet they did it yeah i can't even imagine <laughs> And the people that kind of came and laid a brick and then laughed, or the king people that came, laid a brick, threw a brick, <laughs> and left. And it just speaks to the power of divinity and, mm-hmm. and what it can accomplish. And if you think that your life is a mess, a mess and cannot be built upon, you're so wrong. That's God's specialty is to take things that are a mess and make something of them. That's what he enjoys the most. That's really cool. Yeah, wonderful. I really like the Doctrine and Covenants, too. It speaks to me on a lot of different levels and so forth. Um, So you go on your mission. You're called Mm -hmm. to what country? To Peru. You're called to Peru, and you end up starting in Salt Lake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you ended up finishing in Salt Lake. Just talk to us a little bit about how that unfolded and... How you handled that? Um, so I remember getting reassigned to Salt Lake City. It was a call from my from the stake president, President Krumholtz, um, while I was in the at-home MTC, um, doing it online. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so it was early in your mission. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I got that call saying that I was reassigned to Salt Lake City. I don't know, it's just like... It just was, you know, I didn't yeah. have any positive or negative feelings about it. Um, but when I got there, I kind of, like, I had an amazing trainer. And he helped me recognize the, like, he was actually assigned to, to Peru. He was there for about a year before he got sent to Salt Lake City. Um, so I had the blessing of being with him. And he, one of the most hardworking, diligent missionaries you will ever meet. 
I love him. Wow. But he really taught me to like work where you are. Lloyd's got you there for a reason. So I was able to kind of like forget about Peru in a sense. You know, like if I get there, I get there. If I don't, great, I'm where I need to be. Wow. What was that elder's name? Uh, his name was Elder Erickson. Bruce Erickson. Bruce Erickson. Yep. I wonder if you'll cross paths with him, with him again. Probably. So my hat, I don't know how I can express just not just admiration, but almost awe for those of you who chose to go serve during the COVID years because you have no idea what was going to happen. Am I going to go out two weeks and come home? Am I going to go out a year? Am I going to go here, there? What, I'm going to stay in an apartment for, you know, two years and teach online? You had that to me is an act of faith. And I look at myself and I'm like, I probably would have just waited it out, you know, wait till the pandemic lifts and then I'll go, right? Because I want to know what kind of experience. Did you consider that at all or no, you were going regardless? Yeah, there's, I don't know, there's always this, that thought in the back of my mind, like I was called to serve at this time. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to postpone it. I'm not going to wait. I know that he has a plan, so. Wow. I think that kind of um, adaptation uh, ability that you developed to just adapt to different circumstances is going to bless you throughout your life in ways that we probably can't even anticipate because life is just about oh I didn't see that coming yeah. and all right I gotta you know press forward and I gotta find mm-hmm. a way and I would think that you guys and girls who went out during this these past few years have developed a <clears throat> A characteristic and a trade and a strength that will just play out in your life over and over again. Wow, that's amazing. My hat is off to you. Thank you. Um, you gave a wonderful remarks at your return when your mission report. Um, are there any stories that you want to share again, or is there a story that maybe you didn't get to share that you think might be helpful to ward members and especially the the youth of our ward? You got a big smile on your face. I don't know. I remember riding your bike, carrying your sandwich and drink, <laughs> and crashing. But there are a few of those stories. Yeah, you. So you were you on a bike your whole mission? Um, not my whole mission. I was on a bike for seven or eight months of my mission. I wish I was on a bike even more because I I loved it. I missed it. I don't think my pants could have taken it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as you're thinking about that, and if, you, if there's anything you want to throw in, um, you know, we all <clears throat> probably would go out on a full-time mission with certain expectations because we're human and that's mm-hmm. just what we do. And then we get surprised. Like, I didn't anticipate that. Yeah. What, anything surprise you about being a full-time missionary? How much freedom you actually had. Oh, really? Yeah. I was very surprised. that I, I don't know. I always thought that, like, you always had, like, to be very, you were always watched. Like, yeah. Like, somebody. But apparently you just like send two 18 to 20 something year old people out in the middle of nowhere and say, hey, go do what you're supposed to. Yeah. Here's the schedule. Only in God's church would that work. (laughs) Yeah, you're exactly right. Because that would be anywhere else. That would be a mess. But I mean, like that feeling, that sense of purpose, I gave you that drive. Um, So you really need somebody that always kind of watch over you. You... You knew what you were there to do. You loved the Lord, so you went and you served. 
There was never a question on how you were going to manage your day. Mm -mm. And you had great companions throughout your mission, I'm sure. For the majority of my yeah. mission, yeah, I was very blessed. Wow, that's, that's wonderful. So you did have a lot of freedom. Um, was it hard to get up at 6.30 in the morning? Um, no. No, you would I don't know, I guess at the beginning of my mission, I just made the decision that I was going to get up at 6.30 every day. I never had to decide that again. Wow, you've got a gift for that, of making a decision and not reviewing it over and over again. Wow, that's going to serve you well. Um, okay, good. Anything else about your mission that surprised you other than the freedom that you had? Hmm. How constantly you can feel the Spirit. That was something that was really cool. It's like how prevalent it yeah, is in your life, sure. I guess. It's just it's constantly there, and it like with that you have to learn new ways that it communicates with you. Because if you always have it, it's not always going to be a very profound feeling. Yeah, you're gonna have to learn to listen even closer to be able to pick up on those little yeah. details that it's trying that the spirit is trying to teach you. Does the spirit bring you a lot of joy? Yeah. Okay. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joy and peace. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like how that is. That the Just that companionship of the Holy Ghost. Cool. All right. Any experiences on your mission that you really struggled with? I really struggled with. You're just like, boy, boy, I didn't realize I needed to learn this. Um, whether it's getting members to help you with the missionary work or whether it's, you know, I don't know. So that was, that was one thing being able to get mission or members to, to come and help with that, with everything. But I think like one of the biggest things that I needed to learn was how to, um, how to be a leader that did not, I don't know how to phrase it. <laughs> it wasn't just so stiff. I was able yeah. to learn how to like, relax and be able to help lead and guide others while they were able to hold that that respect for you I guess mm -hmm. while not having to be a jerk about it I guess you know yeah it was it was a curve just because people like to see how far they can go well I was listening to something about styles of leadership and mm -hmm. do you want to be a leader that's command and control because yeah. a lot of us do because yeah. we feel like that's being a leader right yeah. I'm controlling the situation by golly they're gonna do what I tell them to do and yeah. they will march but that's really not you want to inspire <laughs> and motivate yep right and and that's the kind of leadership style I think that has so much better yeah. impact that was something I had to learn. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it sounds like you learned that pretty quick. That is very cool. Um, when, <clears throat> when you look back on your teenage years about mentors, mm -hmm. I asked you to think about that. Yep. Did you tell me about the, your mentors? Of course you had mentors. Yeah. yeah so I'm not going to ask you that. <laughs> who, who were your mentors and why? Um, so... Uh, a couple of my mentors were Brother Bailey and Brother Ware, um, the priest advisors. I don't yeah. know what the technical title is for sure. it, but, but yeah. Um, those guys are just great examples of the kind of guy I want to be. Can you share one or two traits that they demonstrated to you 
that do you want to emulate? Humility and pure love. Wow. How did they do that with the youth? Um, they just took a lot of time to talk to you about what was going on in your life. Kind of figure out how you were doing. Even if it was kind of just joking around like, hey, you go on any dates recently or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, you know? I can hear that coming out of it was, it was their mouths. Just a genuine, a sincere interest. Yep. And a love of you. Wow. I hope they listen to this and get a little payday, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Outstanding man. Spectacular. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Um, what advice would you give a young man or young woman who's thinking about serving a mission? Just do it. Just go. <laughs> yeah. Don't question it. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, the best way to figure out if the Lord needs you to serve a mission is you fill out your papers and you send them in. If you get a call... He needs you. If you don't, he's got something else for you. Because I met some people on my mission that really wanted to go serve missions. They sent in their papers and they never got a call. It's kind of sad, but it also told you that the Lord had other plans for them. Yeah. There's something else they needed to do, something else they needed to learn. So. Um, as members of the Willow Creek Ward, what can we do for our youth, even if we're not serving in the youth program? What can we do to, to best support them? I feel like being an adolescent in today's world is pretty challenging. Yeah. Um, what, what can we do more? I would say don't say so much of the why, or don't say so much of the what, but more of the why. Why do we go to church? Why do we keep the commandments? Why do we do our best to follow the prophet? Because I think that that was something that I personally didn't really understand much of. I mean, like, you know, I had that, that dedication. Okay, I've been told that these are the things I need to do. I'm going to do them. But I didn't understand why. That was a lot of the questions that I was able to get on my mission. Why do we do this? Why do we keep the commandments? Why do we live the law of chastity? Things like that. And, you know, I had the opportunity to learn those things. Why do we keep the law of chastity? Why do we avoid smoking and drinking, vaping and drinking coffee and tea, things like that. Yeah. And I think that that really helps bring perspective to the youth because they're not just being told what they have to do. It's not somebody trying to control their lives. It's like, for example, if you're driving down a street and you got these two giant walls on either side of you, you don't know what's out there. You don't know what they're protecting you from. Right? So you take those walls down, you can see what's out there. You can see what the dangers are. And you can see why you're supposed to stay inside the lines. I was listening to something today, and that is so interesting that you say that because they said, What is the defining characteristic of our youth today? Is they want to know why. Yep. You guys are smart, and you don't want to just know what, you want to know why. And given the why, it makes sense, and you're much more willing to, to follow. Yep. And to keep those principles and doctrines. That is just fascinating. Thank you.
boy, I hope we all learn that because I think that applies to all of us. But let's pay a little bit more attention as to why we do things. And uh, I love it. Um, I actually had a friend recently. This was an interesting thing that I had never thought about. But my friend asked me, why do you like a certain color? I never thought of that. It was kind of cool because you're able to reflect on like how that color affects you and what ways you can understand more about yourself as you understand why you do certain things. Yeah. Let me just expand that a little bit and maybe um, what can we do as adult, well, as members of the Willow Creek Ward to help the youth and help anybody develop a better relationship with Jesus Christ? What are some of the things that you think work best in this day, in this environment? Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, when it's talking about, when Jesus Christ is talking about tithing in both Third uh, Nephi and in Malachi. That's what it mm-hmm. is. He's saying, try me now. Prove me now herewith. He's saying that if you take these commandments and you test them, do it kind of like a science experiment. Kind of see what will happen. Follow the commandments. Now, it's not always a perfect formula where we keep the commandments. We automatically get blessed, which is what a lot of people think. But it's more of a see how you feel when you do these things. Look for the little blessings. And then later on, those huge blessings will come. So I'd say that, like, the best way to figure out or to grow your relationship with Jesus Christ is to do the things he's asked. If you love me, keep my commandments. So thereby, if you want to love him, keep his commandments. Wow. We'll lighten it up for just a couple of moments before I let you go. Um, what do you like to do? Well, you're headed out to college. You're yep. a college man now. Mm-hmm. Tell us where you're going and when you're going. Or where you're going and, yeah, where and when. Um, I'll be going to, to BYU-Idaho in the beginning of September. Fantastic. Yep. And do you know what you want to study? I'm going to be studying finances. Oh, excellent. That yeah. will be a great career. Um, share a little bit, some of your favorites. Um, you look like an athletic guy. Do you like sports? Do you yeah. like to play sports, watch sports? I do. Um, not so much watching too many sports, but... Um, I do love playing sports. Um, I played lacrosse all through high school. Uh, as a little kid, too, I played lacrosse and football. Then on my mission, I grew a love for basketball. I still won't sit down and watch a game of basketball, but yeah. I'll, I'll play. I think it's pretty fun. But Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, other plans? Would you like to go to Peru someday? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's on the, it's on the bucket it's on list. It's on the bucket list. Excellent. Well, I cannot thank you enough for coming by this afternoon and sharing your thoughts. I know I'm better for listening, and um, you're an outstanding young man. Wow, are we lucky to have you as part of the Willow Creek Ward. Thank you, Devin. Thank you.